Dear listener, this journal belongs to all of us. Bye. Let's go again right away. Pandemic podcast. The pandemic podcast. I think that should just be our intro. I really do. Okay. Welcome to episode three of the Pandemic Podcast. I'm Lucas Verbrugge. And I'm Quinn Van Antwerp. Last episode, we heard two entries written on the same day. This week, we're focusing on just one entry. An entry we think relates to one of the main questions of this podcast. How do we remember our own history? How do we rewrite our own stories as time goes by? As we know more and more, do our memories change? This entry was written March 22nd, 2020 in Los Angeles, California. March 22nd, 2020. It's Sunday, two weeks since the LA Marathon, 11 days since I lost my job, nine days since we started social distancing. Today I woke up in another person's bed. In the midst of all this, I have started seeing someone, a friend of a friend. My friend had passed on Michaela's number with her permission, and I had called her and left a message that I immediately followed by pressing pound and re-recording, only to become more self-conscious about the way I sounded the second time. You're not telling someone her mother died. You're asking her out for coffee, for Christ's sake. In a moment of panic, I decided to hang up and leave the message anyway, bad as it was. I'm not ready, I thought. It's too soon after my breakup. So it was just as well that I left a message that sounded like a eulogy. I didn't hear anything back from her for two days. Then finally, I got a voice message from her. She was glad I called and would like to meet up. So we made a date. Things still seemed fairly normal then. She lived around the corner, so we decided to go for a walk. She brought her dog, her turkey, as she called him because his wiry white hair looks like feathers. It was exciting, a bit awkward, like those things can be when you're managing first impressions and trying to get to know somebody. I felt like I was trying too hard at times and playing it too cool at others. She told me she hadn't dated in a year, by choice, to figure shit out after her last relationship. I told her I was just getting out of something and was still figuring my shit out. She said she was a vegan and a voracious reader. I told her I was currently a vegetarian and admitted that I don't really read. When we got to the corner at the bottom of the hill, I said I'd like to hang out again if she was interested. That was Saturday, 15 days ago. By Thursday, the world had shifted. We sat in the car in front of her house for a while, discussing what was the right thing to do. Should we be going to a restaurant? There wasn't a shelter-in-place order here in L.A. Both our jobs had been canceled, but it didn't feel like it does now. Or even by the following day, Friday, when people were being publicly shamed on Instagram for going out to bars in New York City. We decided to get a burger. Afterwards, we went to a bar to get a drink. I brought hand sanitizer and sprayed our hands anytime we touched anything. It was a joke, but not really. The bar was empty for a Thursday night. 
we made out. By the time that weekend hit, we were already in each other's orbit. We made a date to get together again on Monday. A lot happened between Thursday, March 12th, and Sunday, March 16th at 10.30 p.m. when I sent this text. Tomorrow. Really do want to hang again. And I'm also feeling like isolation is very important right now, so I'm a bit torn. Then, me again. I can't tell in all this what the appropriate level of isolation is. It feels like we should all be staying home. To which she replied, I hear you. I think it's up to what you feel comfortable with. Shrug emoticon. So, we hung out again. And we've been getting together most nights since. A few days ago, we were talking about how we lost our virginities. I told her the story of Leah. Leah and I never officially dated. We're never boyfriend and girlfriend. She was more experienced and had shown me the ropes. I was very grateful to her for that because at 17, I had begun to worry I would never lose my virginity. Years later, I found this letter in a box of stuff in my mom's garage. It was from me to Leah and was never sent. I wrote it when I was on a trip to Spain my junior year. In the letter, I talk about how faithful I've been. I mentioned it a few times, reassuring her that even though I'm far away, I am not messing around. Standing there with the letter, I thought, that's funny, why would I write that if we weren't together? Then, a month later, she got in touch and said she would be coming to New York and would I like to get together. We did. It was bizarre and intense to spend time with a woman I lost my virginity to more than a decade earlier. We rekindled the little flame for the next 24 hours and then stayed in touch, and I saw her again when I came home to visit my family. Then one day, she emailed me and said that she wanted to know if I was serious about what we were doing because she had other options that she would pursue if I wasn't. I told her that I couldn't give her a commitment, I had too much going on in my life, and that she should pursue other avenues. That was that. Now she's married with a kid. That's the story I tell of losing my virginity. And that's the story I told Michaela as I stood in her kitchen a few days ago. Did you turn her down to protect yourself? Michaela's question threw me. What do you mean? Well, she broke your heart once. It would make sense if it was hard to trust her again. I stammered and said something about avoiding commitment in your late 20s and long-distance relationships being impossible, blah, 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 blah. But Michaela's question, it stuck with me like a burr in my sock. And when I got home the next day, I was still thinking about it. I decided to see if I could find the email. It took me about two seconds. And to my surprise, it was nothing like what I remembered. The email was part of a long thread between us, sharing stories about our lives, detailed accounts of our days, things we were thinking about, decisions we were struggling with. After one particularly long email from me where I said, I hope to see her over the Christmas holidays, she told me that she had met someone else, that it was unexpected and had happened very fast but felt significant and she had to see where it would lead. She was grateful for the time we had spent together. 
and would be around for the holidays, but wanted me to know if we met up, it would only be platonic. There it was, in no uncertain terms. She ended it. Not at all what I had remembered. There is no reply from me. A month later, there is another email from her wishing me a happy new year, saying that our time together was a highlight of an otherwise challenging year, and she hoped I was well. Again, no reply from me. That's what I took and spun into the story of me not wanting to commit to her? I was thrown by this, still am. What a masterful act of self-deception I committed. How completely I swept the truth under the rug. But more than that, I rewrote the story so that I didn't have to feel pain. Like with a letter from Spain, I realized there was pain there that I just never acknowledged and had completely scrubbed out. And if I am capable of this without even knowing it, when else have I deceived myself? So that's where I'm at now. It's so human to avoid pain. I I see it even now when I speak to people about what's going on in the world. I feel the need to say it's going to be all right. It will get better. This will end. But we don't know what the future holds. And what a disservice to not allow ourselves to feel the heartbreak and rejection in the moment and attend to the wounds. Every night... At 8 p.m., people cheer for the doctors and the nurses who are on the front lines. At first, it was a round of applause that lasted a minute, but now the cheers sound more like screams. People yell at the top of their lungs, every night more visceral, more primal. Maybe we are hearing people's grief in the cheering Because even though we know this can't last forever, right now it is hard and it hurts and it's heartbreaking. And we need to acknowledge that. This sucks. Maybe tonight I'll practice acknowledging my heartbreak. Thank you for listening to episode three of the Pandemic Podcast. We would like to thank Nate Cordry for reading this week's episode and Benjamin Maggio for his musical contributions. We will be back each week with stories to share. Now, if you want to hear more, please subscribe. And remember, if you would like your story to be featured on the show, please email your submission to pandemicpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Stay safe, sane, and healthy, and we'll see you next time.